0: Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now, here's your host, Hop Along,
1: John Cassidy. Well, thank- Carson and southern california welcome again to another Sunday edition live here Broad and Real radio on am 540 radio zion pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight man do we have a jam-packed show for you hey so we ask you to sit back relax put your feet up on the chair get your favorite beverage turn the television a bit And enjoy the next 90 minutes or so of Rod and Real Radio, because let me tell you what we have in store for you tonight. Billy Egan, one bass director, is going to be with us. He's going to talk a little bit about this past week's Cabo Tuna Jackpot down at Cabo San Lucas. Also, he is putting together a special event for the family of Aaron Martins. It's called the Hog Snatcher Benefit, and this is going to be a benefit that will hopefully put some money into the uh, the pockets of the uh, Marks to help the kids and help them get through this time since the passing Barron. So that'll be uh, tonight, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, a little after Wendy and I get a chance to chit chat. And then coming up at 6 o'clock scheduled is Bart Hall from the Fred Hall shows. We're going to find out what they've been doing, find out some of the the things that that he has found memorable about the Bart Hall shows, and hopefully we can get a little bit of a glimpse on what might be happening in the future. And then later on at six o'clock out, the president of Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait's, Ron Colby, is with us. He's going to tell us how uh, Gary Custom Bait's is emerging from this COVID situation that we were in. Uh, you know, getting materials, restocking, things they're doing with machinery, and, and find out, hey, what's in store for the Yamamoto Company here in the future. So that's all tonight, plus a lot of other stuff. But before we get going, first of all, Dan Vandenberg sends his regards. He is just getting off the lake. He won fourth place in his event today, but he captured Angler of the Year. Congratulations on that. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that next week. But with me and back from a two-week hiatus is my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an expert hunter and fisherman. Miss Wendy Toshihara, Wendy. Welcome back and hello.
2: Hello there. It's it's nice to be back, and uh, I had a great time. I, I uh, actually uh, drew a tag for Arizona. Both Merritt and I drew elk tags in Arizona, so we have been hunting uh, for elk um, for the last uh, ten days or seven days. Um, we were unsuccessful. Had a great time. I went with. Tom Ward, the owner of the Longfin, and it was it was great. Good quality time with Tom and Merritt. Um no luck, but it was a lot of fun.
1: Well, did you see any signs, uh Wendy?
2: There was a lot of sign of elk. It's just that it was so hot and the elk weren't moving. They were at the higher elevations, and the highest elevation in uh, my unit was only like sixty, seven hundred feet. So um, they were a lot higher. Um, we did go into the thick woods and tried uh, scaring one up and, uh, or sneaking up on one, but uh, that didn't work. Um, but uh, there's always next time.
1: Wendy, when, when going out like that, do you find that there are a number of other ladies out there? Or are you kind of a, a singular personality when it comes to doing this?
2: Oh, no, there's a lot of females who hunt, especially females who don't live in California. (laughs) (laughs) It's California. There's, you know, there's so much for people to do in California, whether it's surfing, hiking, you know, all the outdoor stuff that we can do here because we have such, such nice weather, you know. Um, But uh, everywhere else I have gone, there's a lot of uh, females that hunt. And, you know, what's right. interesting about this hunt is it was a muzzleloader hunt.
1: That so, is now, for people that might not be familiar with uh, exactly what you're saying, a muzzleloader compared to a regular rifle, what, what are you talking about, Wendy?
2: So, you know, back in the old days, they had muzzleloaders, and they were black powder where you would have to pour black powder into the, um, the muzzle. Well, now they have pellets. And they have something called a sabot, So I would put two pellets, Pyrodex pellets in there, put my sabbat in there, push it all down, pack it all down. And uh, you get one shot. And uh, when, once you take your, your shot, um, it's a 50 caliber muzzle loader, And it's accurate Whoa. up to 200 yards. But it's really so- nice to shoot because it doesn't kick like a 50 caliber would.
1: Wow, and you have a 200-yard range on that. That is pretty good. Now, have you take in, taken and sighted in that, uh, that muscle loader and stuff like that to find out, you know, if it's high, low, or what you have to do to set it in order to get a, an accurate shot in?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, um, on Wednesday when we went down there, we uh, sighted our guns in our Thursday. We, we drove up Wednesday and sighted our guns in on Thursday, and the hunt started Friday.
1: All right. Now, when that weapon discharged, when I think of a muscle loader, you know, I think of maybe some of the older weapons that I see being discharged on Pawn Stars or in the movies and everything like that. Is there a big puff of smoke and then maybe a little bit of a pause and then all of a sudden a kaboom? Or <laughs> is it does it does it
2: all just go, you know, rapid fire? Well, these are modern muzzleloaders, so you don't have any of the smoke. You don't have the delay. Um, You could have a delay if maybe, you know, um, maybe the hammer didn't hit the primer, you know, very hard or something. Maybe maybe you could have a delay. But I found, you know, I shot, I probably shot a good 10 to 15 rounds out of that muzzleloader and nah. I didn't have any hesitation, any smoke, and the kick isn't bad at all. But it well, does make know, a mess. Mo-
1: well for yeah, for most people that are uh that know you, they know that you're uh, about five foot two and uh, I'm not gonna tell you Thanks people what your waist inches. soaking wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you find is that weapon is that cumbersome for you to use or do you do you find that you adapt to it accordingly, and that uh, uh, you can still walk out in the field with it uh, fairly easily?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, um, we were we were probably walking anywhere from three miles to I don't know, five, uh, maybe seven miles a day, and it was no problem. It's a it's a light firearm, um, and super easy to use. The only thing is, is if you know, once you take your first shot, and then you're, and then if you take a second shot you know it, it you have to hurry up and try to put that uh second load back in after that it starts getting dirty down the barrel and it's hard mm-hmm. to push down the um pyrodex and, and your sabot. so some you know i'm not strong enough to push down on it so i have to turn my gun upside down and push down that way <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i'm going to imagine that there's a certain amount of time that expires between the time you discharge the uh, the weapon and then if you have to go reload it and you're ready to fire again. And probably by that time, if you were aiming at something and uh, it is, you've missed it, it's decided to kind of mosey along and you, you have to go out and start hunting it down again. But how much time uh, transpires between uh, firing and being ready to fire again?
2: Oh gosh, um, I could probably do it. Maybe um, it it takes a while, yeah. Cause uh, well, you have these things called speed loaders, so everything's mm-hmm. all in order, and then you just open the cap and then put that in there, push it down, and then add a new primer. So it it doesn't really take that long.
1: Wow, I think you could probably uh, really after using, you know, your muscle loader like that, you can really appreciate the. Uh, uh, some of the efforts that the early frontiersmen went through, both men and women, to uh, you know make meals every day, to defend your, themselves, and everything else like that, because they probably ran into a lot of the same problems that you run into.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're just worse because they have loose powder. Me, it's all contained in a little pellet, so super easy for me.
1: bet <laughs> what what is loose powder?
2: <laughs> loose powder. Oh,
1: OK. So is that like a, a homemade concoction that the, they'd make with soda ash and other things like that uh, while you get something that's already pre-made packaged? Yep. <laughs> well, well when, is your gonna, when do you think your next opportunity is going to be to go out again, Wendy, or have you uh, uh, used up all your opportunities for the season?
2: Well, I have a 10-day coming up on the American Angler, um, but it's my mom's 90th birthday that I cannot miss. So uh-huh. Merritt is going to take my place and go with Lori on the Turner's Line American Angler trip. And uh, hopefully he'll be bringing back some fresh sashimi so we could serve it for my mom's party.
1: Wow. Hey, well, before we uh, go to commercial break here, let's take care of some loose ends that uh, we talked about last week. First of all, this uh, past Saturday night, November the 20th, was the Gale Arms Phyllis, uh, Philip Sousa Memorial Lobster Derby that was on San Diego Bay. We held it right there at the Outboard Boating Club. Uh, there were 28 teams all together that signed up and almost 60 individuals. Uh, together that uh, you know, formed teams of either two or three people. There were some individuals out there. It was a great turnout. The weather was fantastic. Uh, we want to congratulate the winners on that, uh, Joseph and Frank, and unfortunately I didn't get their last name. They had a seven-bug limit that went 16.23 pounds. They won themselves $1,044. Adam Larson and Justin Larson, they came in second with a seven-bug limit. That went 16.17 pounds. They won $522. And third place was uh, Jake Wander and Louis Alfeo. They had a, th- a bug limit that went 15.20 pounds, $174. The big lobster of the uh, evening went to Mike morell. He had a 7.48-pound bug. And Not- that was worth two hundred forty dollars to him. So, man, Wendy, that thing was humongous. Uh, when that th- when he brought it out of his bucket, and I took it out of the bucket and lifted it on up, I mean, I, I, it it was like the claws were almost uh, you know two and a half feet across. It was a, a one exceptional sight. So, it was a real fun time and. We want to thank James Long and Mario Souza, and especially Bobby Arms, for putting together this event. All the great sponsors: uh, Fisherman's Landing, Angler's Choice, Squidco, Everingham Brothers Company, a- Angler's Arsenal, uh, the Red Lobster. Uh, just a number of people came out and donated to this. There was over five thousand dollars in prizes that were given away to all the people in attendance and Bobby's family put up one great feed for us. So it was a great evening and we had a great time. And uh, obviously there were some bugs caught and some money that was doled out. So congratulations to everyone that fished this year's Gale Arms Flip Sousa Memorial Lobster event here in San Diego. You know, and also last week, you know, I was kind of hitting that the uh, bluefin tuna season was uh, maybe winding down. Well, all you have to do is say something is happening like that, and it turns around because there were a number of boats that went out this past weekend, and Wendy, they did extremely well. Let me give you an, exact, uh, an example. The Diogo Pacific out of H&M, out with 17 people, had 14 bluefin tuna. The Aztec out of Seaforth. They went out with 22 people, and they were on a multi-day trip, and they came back with 132 bluefin tuna, the old glory out of h H&M and Landing. They're on a two-day, and they came back with 59 bluefin for 30 passengers. The Pacific Queen, also out of Fisherman's Landing, they were on a multi-day trip. They had 144 bluefin. And this is really a nice thing. Most of them are extremely manageable. They were in the the the, the fifteen to thirty pound range, but there were some fish that went from sixty to hundred pounds. So great fishing out there. The outrigger out of Fisherman's Landing, they had uh, a fourteen uh, uh, a bluefin tuna with uh, fifteen passengers. Tribute out of Seaforth, they had a uh, thirty-one bluefin with eighteen passengers. And the Pride, also out of Seaforth, they had uh, 26 bluefin with 13 passengers. So as you can see, the catch rate is extremely good. They're not the real big fish. So if you've been waiting for a time that you want to go on out and uh, you don't necessarily want to be using a flying fish or a kite, it sounds like these fish are being caught on jigs and also on live bait. This may be a great time to go out. So get a hold of one of the landings. Find out the boats that are going out. They seem to be going out. We've got some great weather coming on up. You know, especially if you're off for the Thanksgiving holiday. And book yourself aboard a trip because Wendy, the bluefin are still out there and they are doing extremely well.
2: Yeah. Thanksgiving bluefin. Great for table <laughs> for the table.
1: You know, and I talked to a commercial fisherman, uh, Dave uh, Hayworth, and he wants to thank the general public that came out this weekend to the uh, Harborside, uh, the, the Tuna Harbor Dockside Market. They were packed out there this weekend. People coming along, buying fresh fish from the commercial fishermen. They've really gotten into the groove. A lot of the fishermen sold out. There were great values to be had to the general public, uh, the fishermen appreciate the general coming, uh, the general public coming on out to the tuna dockside market, and they look forward to seeing you again next week. So on behalf of all the commercial fishermen that are there at the uh, tuna harbor dockside market, thank you very much. Well, listen, we're going to take a break right now and get first guest, uh, but before we do that, hey we got a couple of commercials we've got here to entertain you. So Wendy and I will be back after these messages.
3: Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom-Baked Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish a tournament circuit like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto
4: custom bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure visit turners.com to find a turner store near you and be sure to join the turner's discount club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox turner's outdoorsman your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs
5: the perfect day is my family and i on the boat out on the waterway i love it nothing but sun snacks fishing and of course life jackets for everyone Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
6: Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to JoinCCA.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing.
7: Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, You're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%. Lowers the risk of developing cancer and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org That's the SanDiegoBloodBank.org And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor.
8: The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Mm -hmm.
1: Wendy Toshihara and I, we want to welcome you back to Raw and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's not with us tonight. He's just getting off the water. He won Angler of the Year in the event that he was fishing. So, Stan, congratulations on that. And I'm sure we'll be hearing all about that next week when you're on with us again. Well, guest, I don't know. This man doesn't let any moss from the north side. He is the outdoor news tournament director and i think they have them working uh everything from trout derby striper derbies uh uh benefit tournaments uh cabo tuna jackpot uh, and all the u.s opens uh let's introduce our listening audience to uh, billy egan billy welcome to and real radio sir
9: thank you john wendy thanks for having me where's stan at lake casitas
1: yeah he's like <laughs> just getting off the water and uh I think uh, he had a fourth-place finish, but he was able to tie down tournament uh, Angler of the Year there.
9: That's awesome. I was actually there today at 11 o'clock.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you must have white-line fever because weren't you coming on down from uh, Clear Lake?
9: Uh, I was actually up at the Delta running the uh, charity event that we got involved with, with the Downtown Sportsman Club uh, of Stockton, which is a group of businessmen Uh, who approached us to do a Kiss My Bass charity fishing tournament there in Stockton. And we had a good number of teams show up. And Ken Ma, would you imagine, uh, won it with 26 pounds. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. It was a great great weekend, great charity event. Uh, We gave a a lot of money back to Angers, donated all their winnings back to uh, the charity. It was a good event up in Stockton. And then... I hightailed this morning down to Casitas to uh, uh, meet with the lake there to get prepared for what's coming in December.
1: All right. Well, before we get to that, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about first is that you went down to Cabo San Lucas, and you were instrumental in uh, the success of the Cabo Tuna Jackpot down there. Tell us a little bit how that event went for you, especially the first year that you know pat was uh, officiating everything you know it it was a huge success even
9: without pat being there which you know obviously he had uh a lot to do with that tournament for 21 years of running that event uh it was an amazing event we had a record number of boats turn out over 160 uh boats that participated i think it was 164 and Uh, We had over $1.3 million uh, to give away based on the uh, participation and all the options that were entered. And uh, we had some amazing fish that were weighed in. Um, Ultimately, uh, Team Salty K uh, with a 230-pound tuna took home over $800,000 for their large tuna. And uh, we had uh, two people split the Wahoo each day for about 47000 And unfortunately, nobody brought in a, a, a Dorado over uh, 20 pounds. So we had to end up giving back about $116,000 in options there. But, you know, it was great to have the event. Jerry did a great job uh, running as the tournament director. I was there to assist him in Western Outdoor News since was really the only one that had been there in the past, and it was really awesome to be back because I missed last year's tournament, but uh, just to see all the people, to be involved with everything that happens in Cabo and the Cabo Escape uh, Coast Costa Sunglass launch parties that happen in the morning. Um, the award show was great. You know, it was an awesome event. It was very difficult because literally the week before we went down there, they let us off COVID restrictions, so we had to shuffle everything and make it you know as good as we could without having all the big parties that we're used to having for it but we're looking forward to bringing that all back and even more to next year's event
1: wow now billy just a a couple things number one uh, and this has been something that has happened over the years the fish that come in those that fish is not wasted what what happens to you know the the fish that are brought in
9: If the anglers don't take the fish themselves, it's given to Griselda's, and Griselda's will uh, lay that fish up, and then they donate to the homeless out there, uh, the shelters that uh, are in need. So nothing goes to waste out there. Obviously, you know, we work very tight with a charity during the Cabo Tuna Jackpot, which is the Smiles Foundation, which uh, uh, we've got uh, a doctor down there that joins us every, every year and has for many years where a lot all the funds go to fix cleft palates uh for the underprivileged kids down there that can't afford to go get their dental uh you know clefts fixed or their palates fixed or uh, dental issues that that are detrimental to the kids and uh it's amazing to see some of the transformations for some of the kids that have benefited from the uh generosity of the tournament and the anglers themselves
1: you know i i am always amazed by that tournament because not only uh, does it draw almost an international field, but there's also a tremendous prize package to be won. But what also happens to benefit the community? It isn't like it's all take from the community, and everyone gets off again because of the fact that there's an ancillary effect where you know all the uh, 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 the boat charter companies and the restaurants and the hotels, and then it even trickles down to the less fortunate people in the area that uh, can, uh, you know, take advantage of the the fish that is caught. And then what goes to the, uh, the kids uh, that are uh, being remedied with the cleft palate uh, situation. It's just been a tremendous event. And, you know, right now from what you can see, it still has a tremendous future. Does it
4: not?
9: Oh, it's, it's obviously uh, doing really well. And, uh, you know, Breaking records again this year, even after a COVID year like that, is indications that this tournament's going nowhere but up. And uh, I put a a challenge out to all the participants and everybody that was there that uh, we want to break the $2 million mark next year. So we've got some goals to set, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, implementing those goals uh, with Jerry and uh, um, Brad Van Zal, our new general manager, uh, the team's really working real well together, and uh, we've got lots of great plans and things to look forward to. Some, some new options possibly for next year to build that back up, because you know, after you watch the Bisbees and so forth, with all the money they put forth into that tournament, we know that a lot of our clients can do the same thing, but the unique thing about the Cabotuna jackpot is it's anybody's tournament, because it's basically only a $1,000 entry to get into it. Then, you know, obviously you've got to charter a boat and get your hotel and food. But, you know, for about 2500 to $3,000, anybody can come down and fish for the three biggest tuna. It just depends on what level you want to graduate to with the options that are available. And uh, it's a small boat. It's a big boat. It's a medium boat tournament. So it, uh, it suits just about everybody.
1: Now, I've got to ask you, Billy, I uh, was able to lift a picture from your site that I put on the Ron Real Radio site to kind of tease you coming aboard. And I have gotten so many compliments and comments on that picture of you with that, The it seemed like everyone that was in the tournament in the background. Tell us how that picture was set up.
9: Oh, well, <laughs> that is something that Brad Van Zal, the new general manager, and I have uh, become, we call it our obligatory photo. Um, basically Brad came up with the idea. It's a way of showing our sponsors, our readers, our fans, exactly what these events encompass. And, you know, that was probably the culmination of a, of a, of a long, great year to be able to get a picture with, you know, hundreds, there was 700 people there at the award show. Um, and, uh, it was just amazing to have everybody out at one night and to, you know, crown the champions there, have fireworks. eat awesome food from Solomon's Landing down there, and you're right, you know, 1,500 people coming in from all over the world fishing in Cabo for a week uh, generates a lot of income for that area and for those businesses and for the the hardworking people down there and uh, the culture. It's just, it's awesome down there, you know. Ten days in Cabo, you come back feeling pretty refreshed.
1: Yeah, well, not only that, do you have the participants in the event, but there's also a lot of spectators that come by just to see the event, like uh, the U.S. Open that we'll be talking about here in just a little bit.
9: Yeah, actually, there there are some people that we've gotten to know that plan their vacation right around the tournament. Even though they're not fishing, they love to come down and watch the winds and feel the energy of the event. Uh, And, you know, we get new entries every year from just people being in town seeing what's going on, feeling the energy, and wanting to be a part of it. So it's it's an amazing event, and I'm just uh, really happy to be back involved with it.
1: Right. Now, Billy, a lot of people that are listening to us, especially if they're bass fishermen, they know you from the U.S. Open. They know you from the uh, Northern California uh, Classic. Uh, you also started the Arizona Classic. And now, man, like, there was, like you weren't doing enough. You have the Laughlin Classic coming on up. You wanna tell us how that came about and what's what's gonna be the story on that?
9: Well, you know, Wombass has doing been doing a great job with uh, with our anglers and our sponsors with Bass Cap Boats and Mercury Motors being our title sponsors. The events over the last couple of years have been selling out with the three events that we have, the uh, Arizona Open at Havasu, the Clear Lake Open at uh, at Clear Lake obviously, and then the US Open. Uh, in October. So I've always had a plan of developing more of these opens, and uh, I've got a plan to have eventually six open events, including in addition to the U.S. Open. So uh, Mojave was just the next step. I had I had been working on another northern uh, location, but we just ran out of time this year. So the, the Nevada, I mean the uh, Mojave Open is a first annual event. It's going to be a standalone event not part of the points races here, but Lake Mojave is just an animal of the lake with those smallmouth they've got in there. You know, it's, it's essentially fishing at clear lake for smallmouth and the guys, uh, when we released the openings two Fridays ago, responded real well. We already had over 70, uh, deposits put down from, uh, pros that want to fish that and, uh, just as many triple A's. So, We're looking to make that a a good one, and eventually that one will become part of uh, the entire package. And when I say that, my goal is to have um, two in the north, two in the south, eventually maybe a Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and someday a uh, Flaming Gorge so that we can really encompass the entire western United States over here and, and dominate.
1: You know, this is going to be a tremendous opportunity for fishermen that you know they can't make it and fish the southern open or the u.s open Uh, i mean the the events that are back east by major league fishing or uh, flw or bass uh, they can't afford the package the time to travel you're going to give local fishermen the opportunity to fish in big time events for real prize packages and help keep the expense of doing that down a little bit this it sounds like you got a tremendous program going billy
9: i yeah i appreciate that it's it's something i've uh, had my eyes on for a while and uh fortunately with the way things are going you know in the next year or two we'll be able to achieve that and uh you know some of these we, we want to touch some of that white space area we know there's anglers up in the you know uh washington and idaho area that don't make it all the way down to our events and um, same with uh, the Utah guys, New Mexico guys, Colorado guys. So although we do pull some of the guys from those regions, we want to put something in their backyard, which gives our guys some, an incentive to go somewhere new, somewhere different and uh, spread their wings a little bit, um, have a chance to, to make a, a lot of money because we are one of the highest payout tournaments on uh, circuits on the uh, West coast, let alone probably the nation with how we do our our payouts and our turn and our events with the basscat boats and mercury motors um included options and you know the shared weight format is so unique that it's it's something that and I and I tell people all the time if you fish one you'll never miss another one because of the the friendships and experience uh that you can get you know obviously there's the good draws the bad draws and the medium draws but that's just part of the game you know Triple uh, A's have a chance to fish with three separate pros in three separate boats, three separate techniques for the same cost as it would to hire a guide for one day.
1: Wow! So it's, it's pretty know, awesome. You can't you can't do this without the support of a great organization behind you, and obviously that would be Western Outdoor News. And you know, got it; it's coming on almost that uh, you know we lost Bob Twilliger over there that was a tremendous supporter of what you were doing in bass fishing, but you happened to men- mention Brad's name now, would you tell us uh, you know who is running Western outdoor news right now, and do they s- they seem to have the same th- that that not only Bob but his dad Bert had in promoting bass fishing here in the west
9: yeah. You know the Tulliger family still owns the company. Uh, when Bob passed uh, almost two years ago now, uh, Lori Tulliger, yeah. his wife, uh, retained the ownership of the business. And uh, you know we all picked up our our heads and uh, knew what we had to do. We had to keep moving forward, keep doing what we needed to do to make Western Outdoor News a success. It's it's almost like a small business family. You know we're all uh, we've been there for years. I, I'm now going on my twelfth year, and I actually have the most seniority in the company now, you know, but <laughs> Brad Van Zal, uh, is the son-in-law of, uh, Lori Twilliger. He married Michelle Twilliger and was working over at NBC, uh, uh, in San Diego has a great head on his shoulders, uh, very good business sense. And, you know, it's fresh. He's a, he's a younger guy, but he's motivated. Um, he, you know, we, we have great meetings, we uh, we're all put our heads together to try and get the best outcome for all the events that we do, both freshwater, saltwater, and, uh, you know, the cobalt tuna jackpot and everything we do. The newspaper, the uh, topics that we're writing about, the stories that we cover, and the writers that we work with, it's top to bottom.
1: All right. Hey, Billy, we've got to take a, a break right now, but I'd like to ask you to stay with us a little bit longer because there is a special benefit that is coming on up that you are spearheading and I, I like to tell our listeners and the anglers out there uh, just what it's all about. Can you stay with us for a little bit sure. longer?
9: Sure, sure can. I'll talk to you guys All right, Hey,
1: we're speaking with Billy Egan. He is uh, Western Outdoor News tournament director, but there's a special event coming up in December. You're going to want to know about. Billy's going to tell us about it. But first these commercial messages. Hi, this is John and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem, we can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue, or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to lensandcharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800 281 5778 when you're ready for an action packed Cabo fishing experience.
10: Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
1: One Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home, or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy to use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're
0: serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Eiserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing.
6: Quality guaranteed. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at rodandrealradio.com archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now.
1: Wendy Toshihara and I, we welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is one bass director, Billy Egan. And, Billy, I know you have been running back and forth, so I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking some of your Sunday to be with us.
9: No problem, John. I always enjoy being on
1: the show. Well, thank you, Billy. A hey, uh, reason why I asked you to stay a little bit longer is because... You have a special benefit event that you have in the planning stage, and there seems to be a lot of momentum going towards this event. Tell us a little bit about what it's about. Okay.
9: Yeah, well, I was uh, alluding a little bit earlier today when I was uh, at Lake Casitas earlier today on my way home from Stockton. I had to swing by there and meet with park uh, officials there, um, you know, Unfortunately, you know it's it's not news, but uh, Aaron Martin's you know recent passing was uh, a huge impact on not only myself but the industry, anglers, fans, and you know obviously the family. And um, we were rooting for Aaron. Aaron's the only Aaron and Cliff Perch are the only three-time U.S. Open champions, and. Aaron's been a integral part of the u s open and my success at the u s open two thousand and ten when I first met him, he whispered sort of in my ear and said, "We need to get this to two hundred boats and back then, I think it was one hundred and twelve boats in two thousand and ten and that was an undertaking for sure, but with his help and uh, our determination we we built it to what it is today and uh, to no small part uh, Aaron had a lot to do with that and over the ten years, Aaron and I became very, very close. We would call each other out of the blue, just randomly, and just talk about small talk. And he had the ability to make anybody that he was talking to feel like you were the only person in the world, and that everything else that was going on around him didn't matter because he was focusing in on on you and the time that he was giving you. And Leslie and his kids, or just and Carol, the whole family is just such a big part of bass fishing out here on the West Coast, and. I was in Cabo when I found out that he'd passed, and Jerry and I uh, shed a few tears there because it was a, a big deal. And so I, I just waited uh, about a week or so before, you know, trying to contact Carol or, or Leslie to find out what they had planned for a funeral or a memorial or anything, because I was packing my bags and I was going to be there. And you know, after talking to Leslie, pretty much most of the family and friends that were in Alabama or in that part of the the country had the opportunity to swing by and see him. So Leslie had felt that she had, you know, and he had done their part in Alabama and were thinking about doing something out here, but were very concerned about how it would go and how many people would show up if it was something they could control. And so I immediately threw my hat in the, in the race there and said, look, you know, this is what I do for a living. I, I plan events, I do events. Let me please take that burden from you guys and plan something for Aaron so that we can all take a day to, to celebrate him. So what's transpired over the last week or so is, um, and I signed the deal today at Lake Casitas on December 18th from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. We're going to have a celebration of life called the Hog Snatcher Benefit at Lake Casitas. It's not a fishing tournament. It's a gathering. So basically, I went and scoped out one of the areas of uh, Lake Acetus where there's a large park area, where we're going to get some, you know, stage made, uh, some music, uh, hopefully some uh, audiovisual equipment, so uh, some things can be run on that, pictures, videos, things that remind us of Aaron and the industry is just opened up huge. I started a GoFundMe page, uh, which is called the Hog Snatcher Benefit for Aaron Martins, which has over $7,000 in it already, but that, that doesn't even count what's being given so far. You know, Robo Worm and um, uh, Mr. Stump, the owner there, decided to put up $5,000 and to have any, you know, put up a challenge for other companies in the industry to match that. Angers Marine matched it right away. I've been on the phone with Bassmaster, MLF, Uh, Tackle Warehouse, Lawrence, Gamagatsu, every person in the industry is asking how they can help and how they can get involved. And so we're just going... I don't know how many people are going to show up, but basically, you know, with with the GoFundMe page, if uh, a family or individual donates $100 to the GoFundMe, uh, it gets them one raffle ticket for the event, and lots of items are being shipped to us to uh, raffle off to generate more funds that we can hand over to Leslie and the kids and they're actually making the trip out to be a part of the whole thing. So Carol, Chris, Leslie, both the kids, the whole entire family is going to be there on the 18th. Everybody's welcome to come. We're going to create a uh, website this week called the uh, uh, hogsnatcherbenefit.com, which will also have the information for the GoFundMe page. It'll have information on the itinerary and everything that we're looking to do. But it's just really a gathering, you know, bring a blanket, bring some lawn chairs, come down, hang out, tell stories, um, you know, embrace everybody that, that Aaron touched. And uh, at the end, we're going to do a little candle vigil for him and uh, say our peace and let him go for now. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, tough talking about it because it meant so much to me and so many other people. and. It's just hard to see somebody like that suffer, and
1: um, we're just happy that he's
9: out of pain and and in a different place and catching hogs up in heaven.
1: You know, and uh, just the strength and fortitude that Aaron showed during this whole ordeal, he was still unselfish with his time. He'd talk with anybody that uh, wanted to talk to him. He was pretty upfront about it, obviously. In the last uh, 18 months of his life, he was with us on Raw and Real Radio, and rather documenting what was happening to him. And it, it was obvious he was fighting hard, but also that he was slowly losing the battle. But Billy, I, you know, you've been in the business for a long time. Myself, Wendy, we've been here for a long time. I have never seen such an outpouring of love that was expressed for. Aaron and his family than it was in the time before and then the time after his passing.
9: It was pretty incredible. I mean, Facebook was overloaded with uh, Aaron Martin's posts for a good long week. I mean, it was just about everything you saw. had something to do with Aaron on it. Just, it's a testament to what type of a person he was, what type of faith he had in God and you know, he, his family, um, And everything involved with him and all his sponsors, everything he touched turned to gold. He was just an amazing individual. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I I try to give Leslie some solace with is the fact that his passing has changed people's perspective on life in a positive way that that might not have happened for a lot of people. I've talked to so many people about his passing and how it's affected them and how it's helped them focus on the simple things in life and to not let the big picture problems, you know, take you down because he was meticulous at finding that little, little technique, that little lure, that little subtle thing that made a difference where other people just wouldn't put the time and the the energy into it. I mean, I'd never seen somebody Spend so much time preparing for an event like, like Aaron does you know, at the US Open. I'd, I'd come out at 1 o'clock in the morning up the top floor of the parking structure, and Aaron was still sitting there with the flashlight on his head, tying lures, tying line, changing out this, changing out that, making sure his boat was just dialed in. I mean, he literally probably got two hours of sleep a night during those type of tournaments. And then he'd go jogging the afternoon after just to keep himself healthy and, you know, it's a great testament to Leslie and the family to allow him to do what he loved to do to the last minute.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, Wendy, you got something. To...
2: Uh, I just said absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, his passing he pissed to I the think... last
9: minute. So unfortunately, he fell into hospice, and when I heard that from Leslie, I was it was just okay. Now just let him go peacefully, please, because we all know what happens when when you get to that place. It's just, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the first surgery wasn't able to get it all out, and uh, it affected him the way it did, and fortunately, you know, for the West Coast fans that, that participated at the U.S. Open the year before, he was able to fish it, and had his buddy Gary come out and help him during the whole time, and, you know, Leslie was out there, Carol was out there, it was just great to have him, and, you know, unfortunately, he just uh, couldn't hang on much longer, and... But now we're going to take care of Leslie and the kids the best way we can by supporting them and and uh, you know getting as much funding for this event and uh, also a event that we're I'm planning. Guess what? I, I'm planning on a new one there, John. Um, in sep- <laughs> in September, uh, we don't have the date just yet, but I'm thinking September. We're going to be doing a Hawk Snatcher benefit tournament at Lake Castaic. Uh, it'll be a team tournament. Uh, I've already got support from the Friends of Castaic and Castaic Lake for it, and uh, that'll just be another thing. And if you guys missed it, from here on out, every U.S. Open winner that ever hoists that trophy over their head, for now till I'm gone, will be called the Aaron
1: Martin's Memorial Trophy. Oh, that's so, awesome. Wow. Yeah, That'll be great. You know, if Aaron can – If he leaves any of us with a legacy, it's I think we all got better in contact with our mortality and realized that every day that we have here on this earth is a gift and to try and make every day worthwhile and to not waste them because of the fact that they're quickly going away. And unfortunately, Aaron's time ran out way, 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 way too early. But for a lot of us that are his age and maybe a little bit older, it just, you know, gives us a wake-up call that, you know, how much time do we have left? And with that time that we have left, let's make it worth your while because you are for a lot longer than you're here.
9: That is for sure. Guys. Make every relationship you have. As, as tight as you can. Don't take anything or anybody for you know for granted. Um, it's uh, it's a great thing. And again, you know, for those of the people that are interested in coming, just uh, keep looking for Hog or Benefit. Whether it's on GoFundMe or on Facebook, uh, Wombath Facebook has it. Western Outdoor News has it. Again, I'll be starting a, a website probably next week. Probably tomorrow. I just looked it up. The domain name is available we be buying that so that anybody and everybody that wants to get involved, whether you can attend or not, donate some money, help Leslie and the kids out, and uh, let's keep Aaron's legacy alive.
1: And, Billy, if you will, can we get a hold of you in a couple of weeks to find out how this is progressing down the line? So we talk to you just before the event to see what we can do to participate more in it and just to see how far along you are down on the line. I'd like to be able to do that if you don't mind.
9: Of course, John. No problem, guys.
1: Billy, I know it's been a busy week for you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us, and we will stay in contact. Great job. Congratulations on the success of the past tournaments, and man, it sounds like there is still a lot more to come. Thanks a lot for being with us.
9: You got it. Thank you, guys. God bless. Take care.
1: All right. Hey, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but Hopefully if we can find out where he's in Parts Unknown, Bart Hall, show promoter is gonna be with us. Stay tuned, there's still a lot more Ron Wheel Radio to come.
4: Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner's store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs.
6: Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year. And that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing.
3: Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto custom Baked company. It all started with an idea. Then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft-faceted fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers we're thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it for me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait.
5: Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? And if you're not calling me at one 800 bass boat For your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 7262, or just spell Bass Boat. 1 800 Bass Boat. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1 800 Bass Boat, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1 800BassBoat.com.
7: Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank fishing for a way to make a difference in your community consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the san diego blood bank your gift will impact medical research revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease and most importantly give the gift of life but we can't do it without you or without your help visit san diegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today it's the best way to give back And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes
8: and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
1: Hey, Wendy Toshihara and I welcome you back to the second hour of rod and real radio thanks for listening tonight everyone if you missed any of the uh, first hour of rod radio it's all archived at rod and just uh click that in go to the archive page and you can see the past shows and listen to the past shows for actually the past 20 years so that's rod radio.com hey let's welcome our next guest to rod and real radio he is show promoter extraordinaire we've enjoyed the shows that he's put on and that his dad started with a long time ago. Let's welcome to Ron real radio, Mr. Bart Hall. Bart, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, John. Thanks. Hi, Wendy. How's everything?
2: Hi, Bart. I'm Hi. doing good. Didn't get my elk, but, uh, had a great time.
11: Well, it's not about shooting them. It's about chasing them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, You know, Bart, you must be antsier than a bunch of feral cats in a room of rocking chairs because you're a show promoter. You've promoted the the biggest shows not only out here on the coast, but in the country. The last show that you were involved in, the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach, tremendous success. And then COVID comes along and everything just kind of shuts down and all the plans and the and everything they had going just had to be put on hold that that had to be uh just one heck of a frustrating experience for you
11: well it has been and you know and i don't agree with some of the decisions that our state has made you know other states have made different decisions and uh, it would be easier to produce shows at other states california is kind of tough but you know it is what it is so we're just uh Biding our time, waiting for 2023, and we're going to get going big and strong.
1: All right. Well, you know, Bart, let, let me ask you because this is kind of a a question that's uh, it, that's always kind of uh, I've had in my back of my mind. The bar, the Fred Hall shows, and you running the shows. You have introduced thousands of individuals for to fishing for the first time. You have introduced individuals like myself and hundreds and hundreds of individuals destinations in this world whether it be mexico canada uh going off to exotic places that we would have never have known existed or had the opportunity to go to if we hadn't been to a fred hall show and i've been fortunate enough to take advantage of going to some of these places that i never dreamed i'd be able to go to and that was thanks to the Fred Hall show. So, I want to ask you: with all the work that you've done there, can you think of a location that you went to because of the Fred Hall shows that you maybe have never you were would never be able to experience, and and any other method?
11: Well, um, you know there there are some bucket list things that I haven't done yet, but I think probably the one that I found uh, the most interesting was when we, my parents and Jenny and I went uh, down to Costa Rica and we flew in this little tiny four seat plane or five seat plane because I had a pilot and we flew over to the East coast of Costa Rica where it was, uh, uh, you know, very rugged over there. It's a jungle basically. And um, lots of big tarpon, lots of big uh, bull sharks in the rivers and stuff. And, and that was kind of interesting. It was very rustic. And one day we didn't even fish. We just had the guide pull us through some of the the, um, the streams back there and take a look at the jungle and watch the jaguars and the flocks of parrots flying around. And that was probably the most interesting of the fishing trips. My my favorite ones are much simpler. You know, My favorite ones are like Rancho Leonero. Where it's oh, yeah. an hour and a half to get there, and it's still old Mexico, but it's not uh, so hard on my body. But that. Costa Rica was really a lot of fun I, I enjoyed it a lot
1: you know I, I think one of the things is you know Wendy will probably also say to too you know we've kind of been in the industry for a little while so not only do we know our customers but we've got to be friends with a lot of people that are in the industry whether they're in the manufacturing and uh, they're in the destination whatever it is and you talked about Rancho Leonardo. Pardon me, John Ireland. Uh, what would, would probably be an individual i had never have gotten to know if it weren't for the Fred Hall shows.
11: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we did get to know him because you know my my parents. We've been going down to Mexico and that part of Mexico for my entire life. Uh, my my mom and dad used to go down when the cannery was down there. They used to go down on the goodwill and park the goodwill in the harbor and uh, you know catch marlin from the back of the uh, on the boat, and, you know, hand. <laughs> it was just, it was very, very, we love that area down there. Now it's gotten way too commercial for me. So the only thing left that I really like is Rancho Leonero. And it's out there. Uh, it still reminds me very much of old Mexico, you know, uh, palapa roofs, big tiles on the floor, no phone or TV in your room. Just uh, really a Mexican vacation that I really like. I'm, I'm very, very fond of it.
1: Uh, not only that, they 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 treat everyone uh, just like you're special, like they've been waiting the entire year for you to get there. And then to, to add to the amenities, you also get the opportunity to for a destination that still has some great fishing.
11: Yeah, and uh, for me, you know, it's, it's so easy there. You can fish rooster fish from the beach. You can take a ponga out. You can go on a cruiser. Uh, you can go way out and get your tuna, or you can fish for marlin or sailfish, or uh, you know, I'm uh I'm kind of a crazy about catching rooster fish. So for me, that's my favorite destination in the world because I love to catch rooster fish. And I caught a 90 pounder there one time, uh, like four oh. years ago. And yeah, for me, that was that was it. Because when I first started catching them, I thought they were only like 15 pounds. I didn't know I didn't know they got that big. And I caught a couple of 60 pounders. And when Tim and, Tim Baker and I once were hooked up dual hookups on sixty pounders and one one day in the afternoon and, and then I got this ninety pounder. It was just it was fantastic. Loved
2: it. You know, Bart, wow. that is that is my bucket list. It, it, I want it, at least it. a sixty pound rooster fish.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Bart, I don't know if you heard the story or not, but Wendy, you had a pretty memorable catch when it came to a bluefin here. And if uh, Bart hasn't heard that, uh, you want to tell him the story?
2: Oh, I got lucky and I chartered um, uh, the Navigante out of Redondo Beach. And uh, we were on a two and a half day, and I was able to get a 221 bluefin tuna.
11: Wow. Way to go, Andy. Yeah. Well, it was know,
2: awesome. You're much and, and it was nice, I am, it was nice so I to would be able that. What was that?
11: I said you're a much better angler than I am, so I would expect
2: that. <laughs> lucky, lucky. <laughs>
1: you got to watch out, Bart. She also shoots, so. We
11: <laughs> I know we're all, all good about to Whitney
1: here. I mean, she's she's a shooter and a fisher, so we're
11: we're we like the same things. Her and I, I'm, I do both myself. So.
1: You know, a uh, Bart uh, the the Fred Hall shows. How long had the the shows been in existence? And then when was it that you really took over the shows after, uh, you know, when uh, did uh, Fred, you know, step aside and you really moved in? Or I, I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't at the time of his passing.
11: You know, it was more of a process, John. We, uh, you know, this was the, the 2020 Fred Hall show was the 74th red hall show we were planning on celebrating our 75th anniversary in 2021 of course that didn't happen uh but it was more of a process now you have to remember uh the shows were started in 1946 i was born in uh not of 1945 unit 45 the first show was april 46 so i've been to every show and then it, well, no matter what i was doing no matter what our, whatever any of us were doing, at Showtime, we were all called called upon to come together and help put the show on. Then we went back to whatever the heck we were doing. But um, about a little over 40 years ago, uh, my dad, I said, Dad, I want to change some things. I was a musician at the time. I said, I think I'd really like to finally do this. And he said, well, not sure it's the right time just yet. So he got me uh, involved as a rep in the fishing tackle business. So that was a really great experience for me. So I spent six years as a rep, and then he called me one day. He said, listen, i got to have your help. I said, great. And at that time, I was making a pretty good salary as a rep for what I was doing. He offered me one-third of what I was making. Like, what do you say <laughs> to your father? you know, he go. thanks, Dad. <laughs> so we, we started doing that, and then it just kind of evolved over time. You know, during the uh, – I remember the first 30 years of, of the show, there was no selling allowed. The reps wouldn't go for it. The factories wouldn't go for it, and it was Mike Lum and I who who badgered my father into finally allowing selling to occur. Uh, and we did that about the time that we moved to the Long Beach Convention Center. And uh, when we got there, uh, I, you know that 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 was kind of the time when I was beginning to to do more and more of running the shows. You know, and that was about the time when I. I uh, took the name of the show, and I said, Dad, we ought to be calling this the Fred Hall Show because everybody else does. And he said, oh, I can't do that. I said, I think it's a good idea. It's a good marketing strategy. And finally, he agreed to it, and we did it. And, you know, looking back at the rearview mirror, selling stuff, and calling it the Fred Hall Show was a real good idea.
1: Wow. You know, with all that history and, uh, you know, all the... Uh, you know, the, there's always been great things to see at the Fred Hall Show. There's introducing people to fishing, the new tackle gears, uh, fledgling manufacturers that you have seen evolve over the years now that are that are big movers and shakers uh, in the industry. Uh, but I, I'm always uh, involved. I, I, I'm just enamored with the destinations, uh, the the places that you would expose people to go. Can you tell me what's was there any one destination that either someone came to you or that you were pursuing that you got them, that you figured not only did we get these people, but I can't even begin to believe that they are offering trips to go there.
11: Well, that's a tough question. I I suppose for me, that would have been uh, New Zealand because I always wanted to go to New Zealand. And I think, and then, Although you can go to, anybody can go to, you most of the stuff I do is done through cast tours, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Richard uh, sets things up for me, and that's what I do, and uh, there, there have been some interesting ones, more on the hunting side than the fishing side, some very interesting hunting destinations um, that I have, Namibia was one, which I never thought of going to and didn't know why they would be there, but yeah, that, that's mostly, more than fishing, it's been hunting.
1: Right. Well, you know, well, I guess we've got to get uh, kind of to the present day, uh, uh, Bart. Obviously, at this particular time, you are not involved in the Fred Hall shows, but they still have your dad's name associated to them. And as I understand, there are shows that are planned uh, in 2022, uh, uh, both uh, Long Beach and I guess maybe uh, in San Diego. Is that correct?
11: Well, first of all, I'm not involved, so I wouldn't know. But uh, you have to understand that, of course, I have nothing bad to say about the Fred Hall shows, and I have nothing bad to say about the people who own the name Fred Hall Shows, Inc. But I am concerned because Fred Hall Shows is not the name of an event. It's a, it's a concept. A Fred Hall show is a concept. And the concept evolved out of our involvement with the fishing community, just like everything in the fishing industry evolves out of what the fishing community desires and wants. The fishing industry supplies it to the fishing community. The Fred Hall shows have done the same thing. We're unique in the world. There are no other events like us. We are the consumer's trade show. You don't get to go to see factory displays from Shimano and Daiwa and other factories at the other shows. You get to see Manufacturers, with, uh, you can see manufacturers' representatives with down displays. this it, place. It's a very unique event. And, and mostly, you know, I have never cared what is sold at a Fred Hall show. What I care about is how we promote sport fishing. Uh, you know, we've had a million and a half kids catch their first fish at a Fred Hall show. That's a big deal. Mike Lump came up with the phrase a couple of years ago celebrate the passion. Well, If you say celebrate the passion at the marketplace, at the grocery store, people are going to think you're crazy. But if you're at a Fred Hall show and you see a sign that says celebrate the passion, you understand instantly what they're talking about. Well, that's what a Fred Hall show is. A Fred Hall show celebrates the passion of sport fishing. It allows tens of thousands of people to gather in one place and celebrate that passion, express their passion. And that's the beauty of it. That's what's the worthwhile part of it. I'm afraid that the people who are producing what is now called the Fred Hall Show simply think it's a name. Actually, I think they think it's the name of a boat show. And I'm concerned, not that it won't be a good show, could be a great show. Uh, not, I'm not telling people not to go to it. What I am concerned that it is not going to be a Fred Hall Show. So if you go expecting what you know, the concept of Fred Hall Show, you're probably going to be disappointed. I have heard, I don't know for a fact because I'm not involved, But I've heard that most, if not all, of the major sponsors are not attending. I've heard that most, if not all, of the major uh, fishing tackle companies are not attending. I've heard most, if not all, of the uh, major retailers are not attending. I've heard most, if not all, of the landings are not attending. And I've heard that most, if not all, of the uh, 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 lodges are not attending. Now, I don't know that, because I'm not involved. But enough people have called me and talked to me and stuff, that I'm concerned that the name Fred Hall... Remains vibrant, and I don't want it to get tarnished. Uh, it could be a great show. It could be a show for all ages. It could be what people uh, really, uh, really uh, would love to go to the show and this, uh, this kind of show in the future. But I don't think it's going to be the Fred Hall show that we all know and love. So that's what you, we're. That's what I'm concerned about. You, I'm
1: Fred, sorry
11: about uh, that noise. Fred Hall shows There's nothing I can
1: do about it. Were, the Fred Hall shows were not a not only a platform but for manufacturers and dealers and and you know the exibi- exhibitions that you had but Bart what they did to to provide a platform for organizations out there whether it be friends of Rolla, the department of fish and wildlife friends of castaic for all other organizations that were trying to support and make our industry better, you gave them that platform, that voice that they'd probably never be able to find anywhere else
11: Well, that's absolutely true, and, and you know that's the beauty of it, and that's why I'm saying that you know uh, it's important that the people producing a Fred Hall show come from the fishing community, and uh, I, I'm afraid that the people who are producing it now do not come from that community, and so uh, not that it won't be a great show; could be a great show, but I don't think it'll be the Fred Hall show that we're all looking for now. In 2023, we are planning to relaunch a show. We don't know what it can be called yet. We have to; the courts are going to have to decide uh, how my name is used and whatever. But we're there are going to there are going to be there is going to be shows in Southern California that will carry the concept of the Fred Hall show, of my father's show. And uh, so we're very excited about that. We're looking forward to it. And, you know, more information will come out on that as things progress and we get closer to next year. But we, we thought about doing something in 2022, Joe, but really it's a really bad time to do it. Factories can't produce because Asia is basically shut down. Uh, dealers are selling everything they can get because fishing is so good. Uh, they To go to a show at discount to sell for other dealers doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, Boat manufacturers cannot supply boats. Boat dealers don't have uh, boats on their lots. Uh, The same thing uh, happens with lodges. All the good lodges are pretty much booked for next year because people are so so excited to get back to travel. So we made the conscious decision to wait until 2023 to relaunch a new show. Don't know exactly what it's going to be called yet, but I know the people involved in it are people you know, and it's going to be great.
1: You know, the last time uh, we had some conversation, you said there there might be some resolution coming up in December. Is that still happening, or uh, like a I lot of these things, has that I can about- been kicked down the road a little bit?
11: I don't bit? think I can talk about that on on the radio, Josh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. No problem, so I hope, sir. I hope it is. I hope right. it is you know. Yeah. I hope so. Okay. Uh, that uh, sounds good. Well. You know what, I uh, just for one, you know, I am just a very small cog in this industry, but I can't thank you enough for what you've done to not only help my businesses, but also the radio show here and what you've came for staying and, and everything else like that. And that gratitude, I'm sure, is amplified and echoed. Hundreds of times in the industry with uh, with everyone Bart we, you know just just thank you for what you've meant to us.
11: Well, John, I, I I'll tell you though this has been very hard for me uh, in being involved in uh, legal uh, battles and uh, not being able to produce the, the 75th anniversary of the shows that I I love. But the good thing that has come out of it is that. The support from the industry has been overwhelming, and it gives me goose pimples and chills and uh, uh I don't deserve it, but I am so grateful to have it and i just i I love this industry I love the fishing community, and uh, I want to get back to uh playing my little part and make it stronger in the future
1: well, you know you have been in, and wendy, I think you can you know as a representative for uh, one of the larger uh, companies uh, in the industry, uh, you probably can uh, also reflect that same sentiment.
2: Of course. And, and you know, Bart, I am looking forward to 2023. I can't wait to see what uh, you have in store for everyone. Uh, I'm sure uh, everyone is going to jump on board.
11: Oh, I think so, Wendy. I, everybody seems pretty excited. And I think it, I think it's a good idea to wait because it's just, this is too difficult. Plus, in California, we don't know how they're going to handle large crowds or that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're doing. I think twenty twenty three is going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Personally, I'm hoping for Orange County. <laughs> well, you might. You see know, the wish.
1: Part, <laughs> as as I had as I had mentioned before, you were such a platform for helping the industry out, and you take you know the situation that the sports fishing is in right now with these new carb emission regulations getting the word out to the people the fred hall shows were the vehicle to do that with and let's hope that it's going to be sooner than later that we're all going to get a chance to go out and celebrate fishing sport fishing travel and all the other things that go along with it and we can we can do it with uh, uh, a vehicle that you're involved with I, i i can't tell you how much again i am thankful that you helped us out and how much I appreciate you being there.
11: Well, you know that's this California Air Resources Board thing, the CARB thing. I agree with you. I, I was just thinking about it. We were, we had the CCA meeting the other day, and we we're talking about it. My goodness, well, the Fred Hall shows would be such a great vehicle to 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 galvanize people and get them together. And I, I agree with you. I wish it was here. It would really be helpful to us. But we'll you know we'll we'll do the best we can and and go forward. And I think there was some positive. Uh, movement at that um, a meeting yesterday. So we'll see.
1: All right. Now, Bart, if we can, let's stay in contact. And when there is uh, something breaking in the situation that you can share with us, can we please uh, call upon you and share your thoughts again?
11: Absolutely, John. I'll, I will let you know as soon as I know anything, anything I could talk about, uh, you now I'm, I'm able to talk about the things I talked about today. There's some things I can't, but pretty soon I should be either able to talk or not able to talk one way or the other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I just enjoy talking about the past history of the Fred Hall shows. And, again, all the places we've been, the people that you have introduced to sports fishing the industries that you have introduced to the general public i mean it's a symbiotic relationship and let's hope we can look forward to doing this again in the not too distant future and bart thanks well, me, for taking me, the time me, to one, be one with quick
11: us. story let me, let me, one quick sure. story the day my dad died they they took us and they they put us in a room there uh you know and and i had announced it on the radio that he
9: he he had
11: passed and so uh i couldn't stay in that room so i went out on the floor and I will tell you, hundreds of people came up to me and said, I caught my first fish at your father's show. My children caught their first fish at your father's show. And today my grandchildren are going to catch their first fish at your father's show. I, and when people come talk to me like that, you know that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a hell of a lot more underneath. And so that's what I think about about the Threadhole Show. I think about how we, we promote sport fishing. We love sport fishing. And I can't wait to get back to promoting it again.
1: Well, I think uh, you're not going to find anyone, at least on these microphones here, that are going to argue that fact. Uh, Bart, thanks a lot for being with us, sir.
11: Thanks for having
1: me on. Nice hearing both of your voices. All right. Bart Hall, show promoter, and giving us a little taste that, hey, there may be something in the future that's still going to involve Bart and his crew. So we'll stay tuned for further developments. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, we're going to have the president of the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company, Mr. Ron Colby. So stay tuned. There's more to come after these messages. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time owned family business. Go to lensandcharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cabo Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience.
10: Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
1: Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome our audience back to Rod and Reel Radio. You know, our next guest is the president of a company that has probably made the biggest impact on fishermen in the freshwater side and the saltwater side when it comes to their ability to catch fish. But I think one of the uh, the real beauties of this product is that all of a sudden you've put a fishing bait into the hands of fishing individuals and ages that they can go out and easily and effectively catch. Let's find out what that product's all about. Welcome to Ron Real Radio, the president of the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company, Mr. Ron Colby. Ron, welcome to the show, sir. How are you, John? Hey, we are doing great. And how about yourself over there?
12: Uh, we're doing good. You know, starting to get a little cold here and uh, well prep, prepping for the upcoming season, building a lot of stuff. So, but uh, that, that's all in uh, normal, normal
1: function. Well, Ron, first of all, I have to come. Not only you, but the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company during this entire pandemic when supplies were not up to what they should be, when we were having employment situations, and I'm sure that you're probably going through that. Uh, all the things that we were going through, you guys, even though probably it didn't live up to your expectation, As a dealer, and I'm just a small cog in the Yamamoto company, you kept my pegs filled and you kept product circulating all throughout the country where we could keep on fishing at a time when everyone needed to go fishing as everything was getting locked down. I want to thank you and Gary and all the people over there at Yamamoto for that Herculean effort that you put forth yeah it was uh, uh quite
12: an effort uh by our employees and and staff and, and that and as you know, we're you know really close to the navajo nation and they were having you know pretty serious issues with the uh pandemic and still are and uh but you know they we uh put a lot of protocol out and all the precautions that uh, the employees seen wanted you know we didn't force anything on anybody but uh uh, you know they took their own uh precautions in hand and you know we did everything we could for them and uh and one of the things that i'd say kind of helped us was you know i was when i was over there in uh, china and japan in december of 2019 and you know, I saw a lot of this stuff actually happening before it really came to the States, and they, they just didn't know what it was, didn't have a name for it. And a lot of some craziness and manufacturers, and everybody was talking about it. And uh, after I got home, I uh, asked our purchasing people to, you know, get us a, a year's supply uh, right now up front of everything we could, and we were able to do that. So that that kept us uh, rolling that way, and uh, and then our employees, you know, with that all the demand and and everything, they they really stepped up too. They, um, you know, we asked them if to work overtime, and and they all did. They loved it. Actually, you know, they were enjoying it. Uh, work because we do four tens, and so they've come in for an extra day. Uh, and so just a kind of a normal work week for everybody else. But, you know, they were they were putting out a lot of product, and we were getting a lot of compliments, you know, from dealers like you and and everybody else on, on our fill rates and, and everything. So that was, uh, you know, quite the mission. And, uh, you know, I think we succeeded at it. And uh, this, right now, though, it, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of downturned a little, and, and we're kind of back to a semi-normal year. And uh, and that so uh, we're we're still building bait as fast as we can and getting it out the door to
1: everybody. You know, did the, did the closures of especially the the sports shows uh, did that affect the uh, your Yamamoto business? The dealer shows that closed down, uh, uh, everything like that. Did did you find a hit there, or did you find that uh, still? the uh, uh distributors and the dealers were still coming to you in the in the same type of volume that they were coming to you uh pre-covid times oh it was uh um
12: no slowdown at all and uh they doing it electronically you know everybody stepped up uh, a lot of the dealer shows now are you know the you can order online you don't even have to go to the dealer show and uh and and they were doing it and the, the the distributors they were stocking up and uh you know catching up and asking us to you know if we could do you know bigger runs and and which we were able to accommodate uh especially for our most popular products and uh but you know some of the uh, the lower end stuff we had to kind of push to the side, and and when then we didn't do any we didn't put any new products out because we were you know so busy building everything that we could uh, didn't want to put a burden on the on the system on that but yeah uh, you know our retail sales off our website picked up quite a bit uh, the consumers uh, there again is you know people were out or they couldn't get it from their local dealer quick enough. And so they, they just call us and we'd get it out to them. And, but the, the dealers the same way, <clears throat> you know, if their distributor wasn't, uh, uh, they were out of stock and they'd, they'd call us. And if we had it in stock, we'd, you know, we didn't put any, um, restraints or anything on dealers order and direct from us. And, uh, you know, that, that business, and we were able to accommodate everybody that we could, you know, dealer distributor and the consumer direct. So it was uh it was it was quite the effort by everybody at the at the company.
2: Yeah, you know John personally um me because I visit tackle stores, you know, as a live for a living. I you know, I saw Yamamotos flying off the shelf. A lot of people weren't working, they had some extra cash from the government and a lot of new people got into fishing. And, you know, that really, I'm sure, helps sales. And and now, you know, since uh, Yamamoto, when I looked, Yamamoto had tons of baits there all the time. And so, you know, every single person who fishes for bass, if they don't have a Yamamoto bait in their tackle box, they're not catching fish.
1: That's pretty sure, Wendy. You know, and Ron, one thing I've always marveled at is that uh, even though Gary Yamamoto took it upon himself to move to Page, Arizona there and to bring on the native population to help him out, the uh, Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company has also put a tremendous amount of money in the tooling and other uh, uh, machines like packaging to make sure that the flow of Yamamoto baits not only you know comes out locally to us here though but i am sure that you also have a fairly active offshore business for yamamoto baits too
12: yeah you know japan japan is uh as a whole we, we uh, send about 30 percent of our product overseas to japan and then we, you know, we got quite the uh uh, presence in Europe, you know, Italy and, and uh, Portugal, Spain, uh, and then uh, South Africa is, is really booming right now. They've been under some pretty severe lockdowns down there. And, and now they're, they're kind of like how we were. Everybody, everybody in their country, everybody's going fishing. So they've, they've ordered like three times already in the spring down there for them, you know, and getting into summer. And, uh, it, you know, as soon as their order comes in and hits the shelves, it, it's just gone. So they've been ordering a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, Mexico and, 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 unfortunately, Canada probably hasn't had quite the the freedom as we have in the States to get out and do a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, across the globe, it's uh, it's been really busy. We've had our, you know, our, our, we have a, a fiscal year which ended in June, and it was the best year we've ever had by by a long way. And so it was, uh, like I said, it, you know, everybody being able to get them out and get fishing and be able to keep supplying people with product, that was uh, uh, that was our goal. And I think we was able to maintain it and, and get it done.
1: You know, I, Ron, I guess I kind of have tunnel vision because of the fact I think of most Yamamoto products – that are targeting out bass or bass type of species. I mean, we've got striped bass. We've got, you know, all all types of, uh, of uh, you know, largemouth bass, smallmouth bass. Uh, we've got calico bass. We've got sand bass. You're talking about Yamamoto product, though, going to other parts of the world where bass fishing may not be necessarily as popular we've, as we find it here in the United States, or for that matter, Japan. You, you said, like... Uh, South Africa and Europe and everything like that where bass isn't that big of a thing. Uh, Have you really been surprised? Do you have a story of uh, the success of a Yamamoto bait on something that is other than a bass species? Well, uh,
12: when I was fishing the World Championships in Italy a couple of years ago, they have, uh, in Europe... Um, They have what they call a royal perch. And it's just like a yellow perch here in the United States, but it'll get like seven to nine pounds. And they're very aggressive and they love Yamamoto baits, especially grubs and things like that. So, you know, it's pretty fun to catch a seven, eight pound, just beautiful uh, perch. Just like you do in the United States, but again, it's you know seven or eight pounds, and, uh, and and they can fight. And then you know, Wendy, we we've gone tuna fishing a few years ago, and we made some little crab baits out of Yamamoto stuff, and we caught some tuna and and some other fish off of it. So uh, I've I've caught salmon, trout, um, walleye. It's, uh, you know, Calico it, it, bass. it's just all about the present. What's that?
2: Calico bass.
12: Yeah. The calicos. we caught the calicos call it. I caught that. What was that? That halibut, uh, the California halibut that uh, a few years ago too, on a, on one of our swim baits. So it's, uh, you know, it's all about presentation and, and make it work and it'll, it'll catch about everything.
1: Well, you know, uh, Obviously, 2021 has been a year of transition for uh, a lot of us going from being shut down to, you know, trying to go on out there and, you know, get enough supplies to supply fishermen and everything like that. When it comes to 2022 and beyond, uh, what might be some of the major differences, if any, that we might be seeing in the uh, Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company? well um
12: probably not a whole lot there, there might be uh you might start seeing a lot more uh branding uh commercials and that out there uh if everybody isn't aware but a company called g s m outdoors out of uh dallas texas they they make um, a lot of uh hunting products they're really big into the hunting industry for accessories like trail cameras and uh, hearing protection and uh, game calls, and uh, they've got like 42 brands of hunting brands that they they market around the world. And uh, anyway, we've uh, they they acquired Gary Animal Custom Baits mid October, so we're their first fishing company, and uh, they they look to expand us quite a bit and get us growing and uh, attack other markets. You know, so just what we just talked about, the um, other species doing things like that. And so it's uh, going to be exciting times for Yamamoto. Great opportunity. We're going to grow, and uh, they're looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to help pushing them along with it too.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that Gary Yamamoto is also branching out now and making products for other manufacturers and the the one that comes to mind right now is diawa you've got a a tremendous line of products uh that you're selling through diawa and they are priced comparably with the yamamoto products that we see here uh, in the store but they're different and is that maybe a another trend that that you'll be uh seeing yeah you'll
12: you'll be seeing that um uh, a lot more as again as we explore uh other opportunities, so we're you know we're running at capacity all the time and and keeping the employees busy and and don't have no fluctuation in in uh, the, you know the seasonal fluctuations as much, but uh, we're definitely exploring a lot more uh, OEM markets. So it's just not so much in the states here with Daiwa, but uh, you know in Japan and and other. And, and some of the other countries where we've we've always had people come to us and ask us if we can do stuff and you know Gary's kind of always been eh, you know it, it, it's been one of those ride right the fence thing you know it's it's busy enough as we are and growing and all the other uh, things that come with that the logistics and overhead and and people and staff and marketing and everything else that comes with those kind of things that. You know, we were kind of in that—I uh, um, don't want to say stuck mode—but we were kind of stuck. You know, we 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 were either really going to have to make a transition and really do a lot of stuff, which was going to take a lot of money, or or we're just going to have to sit here and write this out and and see what happens. And so, you know, when the opportunity presented itself um, for it uh, uh, for Gary to sell, and and a very interested in party and. And, uh, uh, what, but the interesting thing for that for me is, is, you know, it wasn't, uh, another fishing company that really, uh, came forward real strong. It was, it was a a hunting company and, you know, so it wasn't, even though we've got a lot of private equity behind us and and that now it's still, uh, you know, it's going to be a real big learning curve and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, everything's going to, uh, Get going crazy, and everybody'll see a lot more Yamamoto out there, and not just like I said, just Senkos. Uh, you know, they want to get after a few other markets. You know, we target trout or big swim baits for salmon or tuna or or big bass. You know, whatever uh, striped bass. And then, then if there's a market there, we're probably gonna we're gonna chase it.
1: Do you uh, do you envision Page, Arizona, still being the main headquarters for Yamamoto, or do you think if there is expansion coming on up that that uh, some of that manufacturing might move to other parts of the country?
12: Uh, the manufacturing is staying in Page, and all the, so everybody can you know don't don't get too worked up about that. It's, it's the same uh, recipe, the same material, same manufacturing facility. And, you know, we've already made plans, uh, you know, as the company gets bigger and busier on how we can accommodate that from, again, you know, working some overtime and, and make or and just making sure our presses are running uh, 100%, 365 days a year, but we also have the capacity, you know, to put on a second shift if we need to and things like that. You know, one of the biggest – one of our biggest – uh, holdbacks in the in the past too has always been warehouse space, and you know that's one reason why you bring on distributors because they have warehouse space can accommodate a lot more of your product and get it out for you regionally and things like that. But uh, these guys, I've I've visited their facilities in Dallas, and uh, you know their their warehouses are uh, truly amazing, they, and they just opened a new 500,000 square foot facility. There, so it's you know a lot of growth and and uh, hopefully we can uh hopefully we can keep up. That'd be the that'd be the cool thing is we can't keep up, you know, because we're so busy. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: Ron, that's always our, a good thing to have you sometimes, have to, you know. It has our time with you. Unfortunately, has come to the end, but I I look forward to there being a lot of Yamamoto product out in the future. And when we get the opportunity, let's check in with you. To see about new product coming on up, and again, on behalf of all the fishermen out there, thank you so much yep. for supplying us with yep. the products that you have.
12: Yeah, well, thank you, John. Thank you, Wendy, for all the, the support over all the years. You know, we've been great friends and and everything. All the shows and Angler's Arsenal and, and Wendy with Iser and and doing a
1: lot of stuff together, and I look forward to for it to continue. All right. Thank you very much, Ron Colby, president of Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Wendy, thanks a lot for being with us. And always on behalf of Otto and the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer. And in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune and Mr. Paul Leader, thanks for being with us. We'll see you next Sunday night live here on AM540 starting at 5.05. Until then, good night, everybody.